I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Humble Inquiries series. In this series, Leslie joins me as my co-host to humbly inquire into some of the most pressing challenges leaders are facing today. We have curated these challenges from conversations with hundreds of leaders in the past few months. In each episode of Humble Inquiries, me and Leslie are deliberately going to put ourselves in the uncomfortable space of not knowing the answer and humbly inquiring about these challenges with the aim to provoke new thoughts, actions and practices to help us better serve our coaching clients and also help the leader in you navigate these challenges both at life and at work. Hi Leslie, welcome to another episode of Humble Inquiries. Hi Samar, good to be here. Yes, and today I think we are going to talk about a topic which is very dear to what both of us do, which is coaching for managers and coaching from a leadership point of view. Yes, it's it's definitely a, a passion and a place that I think can help so many people and I just want to be able to share um, that with others. Yeah, and this also reminds me that when I first started leading people, I had no idea what coaching was and my only exposure to coaching was sports coaching and that's where I, I have used the word, I have listened to the word coach and uh, I know that to many people it might sound uh, weird even though the acceptance is increasing now. So maybe we should start by just talking about what coaching is not. Yes, I think that's a great way because I have that come up often when I tell people I'm a coach and they're like, what does that mean or, or what do you really do? So I think creating that level of understanding would be helpful. Yeah. And what I've found is one way to answer that question is by starting with what coaching is not. Yeah, that's great. It's sometimes, as you said, simpler to do it that way. So typical in the leadership realm and that often leaders may be telling or commanding. This is not what coaching is. You're not a coach is not directing or even teaching, really. It's different from that piece. And another word that gets thrown around in conjunction with coach is a mentor. And even mentoring is different because when you're seeking out a mentor, you're seeking someone who has already walked ahead of you in that path. And you're looking for their specific expertise to help you in your journey. And a coach is not that. Yeah. And I think that difference is subtle, but very important. Because when I first became a leader, I think my definition of leadership was <laughs> telling people what to do or getting things done. And a lot of uh, people uh, still operate from that place. So coaching for me is a way of leadership, but at the same time, it is not, as you said, telling people what to do or teaching them or showing them what is the right way. 
and uh, I think it often get confused with mentoring. That is another word which is quite popular in organizations. Mentoring is always from a place of expertise. So if I am good at something, then I can tell you from my expertise what to do. So mentoring is a lot like giving advice, but from a place of expertise. And how I have found coaching differs is that coaching, first of all, is not about expertise. So I can coach somebody from a totally different field about which I have no idea about. And now people might be thinking this is weird. right? So first of all, coaching is not coming from a place of expertise. And it's also not mentoring or giving advice. I'm sure a lot of people would be listening and asking if coaching is not that, then what is coaching? So how do you actually answer that? Yeah. So coaching is, as a coach, and the individual is supporting the person they're coaching, the coachee, in growth. It helps them create lasting change, long-term impact, and, and really is about empowering the coachee to create their own path forward. It is based on meeting goals, so it does have that direct correlation, but the goals might be broader or they may be very specific. That's set by the person being coached. So that is really who is driving the journey. And I think you and I had talked about the example of teaching how to fish versus fishing for. If you wanna share a little bit about how you use that example in describing it to others. I think this brings us back to mentoring, which in many ways is basically trying to help you by doing the job for you, while coaching is teaching you how to fish so that you can go and fish for yourself. But again, teaching not as an instruction, teaching as engaging in a process of partnership. So coaching is always like in a joint partnership rather than a one-way relationship. And it's a conversational format where the coach helps the coachee see where they want to go, what stands in that in their way. And once people see what stands in their way, they also know what to do about it. Right? So it's helping people figure out their own way. In many ways, another useful analogy which I sometimes use is that coaching is showing people the mirror. And what happens when we see the mirror is is we get to see what we cannot see on our own. It's as true as for, for a mirror in our bathroom and as true for coaching. Uh, so coaching allows you to build self-awareness by engaging in a partnership with your coach. And that allows you to see what is standing in the way of where you want to go with your leadership, with your teams, with your own personal growth. And that allows you to take very different actions than what you were taking before. Yeah, and sometimes the mirror is in the form of language. The power of repeating back to a coachee what they just said for them to hear how they're saying it, how they're talking about themselves, how they're presenting ideas. That awareness creation really is powerful for them seeing the path ahead and adjusting what might be getting in their way. So recognizing that and how to learn from it. Yeah. And how it happens in language, I think it's a very important nuance to add. If it's not advice, then how do you show somebody what they cannot see? And uh, it happens through open-ended questions and from a place of inquiry. So the coach engages the coachee in a process of inquiry and by having a conversation, 
which includes a lot of reflection and, and questions. And through that process, the coachee is able to see what they were not able to see before. And we're saying it in the format of language, but it also can show up with emotions or what they're doing in their body. Sometimes people don't realize when they're presenting an idea, their shoulders are slumped and their heads down and they're not projecting that confidence. So using that form of the mirror too, to help them realize how that is impacting their message or how they want to, how they want to show up to share their ideas or to lead their team, whatever that may be. So it really is an invitation uh, and taking, inviting people along with you. It's not dragging them along. It's an invitation to continue on the path. Uh, and that is what the coach is doing. And one of my coaches like to say that leadership is a full body contact sport. And I think this is very relevant to, to what you shared. Um, because leadership is not only about what we say, what we do is with language. But in fact, research has proven that only 7% of our communication is words. A lot of that happens from an emotional space, which shows up as a different uh, body language, different postures, gestures, tone of voice. So coaching involves all of those elements in working together with a coachee and showing them how are they communicating, what are they communicating and how they can shift to suit the kind of leadership or the kind of responsibility they have as a leader. And I think as we're expanding into the realm of all that coaching is and can be, it makes me want to say and share that it's not therapy. It's not consulting. Uh, often I get that look of, or what some people would say, the fruit. It's not soft in that way. It is very impactful, but coaches aren't aren't necessarily trained therapists and they would refer out if that type of situation is coming into the space. So I do want to make that clear. And it's not about fixing the person. It's about helping them discover what is getting in the way themselves so that they can move forward. And one of my mentors always shared the beautiful analogy of you see the lily pads on the surface of the water and those beautiful flowers come from that, but they have come up from the deep murky bottom of the water to come through and shine their light as a beautiful flower. So sometimes what's stopping an inv individual or getting in the way is, is down there deep in the murky money mess and a coach can help go through there and part the way for the growth to move forward and for others to see that. Yes, I think that's a powerful metaphor and analogy. And just to add to what you shared and talk a little bit about therapy and coaching because it can often sound confusing. And the way I see it or the way I have come to see it is that therapy is is a trained or is a very regulated medical practice which is focused on your past and then helping you resolve something which happened in the past. While the way I see coaching is, coaching focuses on the future and it starts from the future that where is it that you want to go? What are the results that you are committed to? And then what stands in the way? And for that process, sometimes we might have to go into the past as coaches, like you said, into the muddy waters, into the murky waters. 
but only from the context of unblocking something which is stopping you from going where you want to go in the future. So coaching always starts from a future-oriented mindset, and then the and and then the orientation towards the past, if required, is very limited, and at the same time from a different lens than the than therapy approaches it. And as you said, coaches also refer people to therapists if they feel the need of trained professional or trained expert advice. With certain people. Well, both of us are trained coaches and have experienced that. From that standpoint, I, before I was a trained coach, I had been coached myself and was able to use the techniques and the skills that my coach was using with me to, as a leader with my team. So it's also there's this vast realm of coaching opportunities for individuals to use that within their workplace to help others move forward towards their goals. So I, I also want to qualify that, like you don't need to spend years being trained as a coach. One of the keys is the listening and asking questions and anyone can do that. Yes, so coaching can go very deep, but at the same time, it's uh, very easy to start uh, the process by listening and just asking questions. And uh, you mentioned about soft, like, uh, and I, th I think that's a very good point that Coaching is is not a soft skill. In fact, it's directly related to results produced in the future. And I would say I would even say it's a difficult skill to master. And that's not because there is something inherently difficult in coaching. I think that's it's difficult because the way we are running our companies or the way we have evolved as leaders in the last many decades, we have built our organizations on some assumptions about human beings and leadership which are inherently not true or have been proven wrong by the latest research. And because of that, this way of approaching communication or leadership, which we call coaching, is so new to us that it appears difficult. But at the same time, once you practice, it can become as much as second nature as like any other style of leadership, like the telling style or the command and control style, which I think all of us have either been that kind of a leader or we have at least experienced that kind of leadership from our bosses. And there's a time and place for both. Sometimes as the leader, you really do have to be in kind of manager mode and make a quick assumption, give direction and make something happen. Whereas there's many other opportunities to invest that time in listening, asking questions, observing and coaching the individual. So it does depend on the situation and the circumstance. Yes, I think that's a very value valued addition because there is no one style of leadership which fits every person, every situation, every organization. And while coaching, I, I think, might be the style leadership style of the future, at the same time, it's the flexibility of the leader to know that this is an option available to them and they can choose to use it or not choose to use it, given their understanding of their company, of the situation, of the challenge. And it's perfectly fine like to default back to a different leadership style at times. Yeah. So we were just going to talk about some of those assumptions that we have taken wrong about human beings and how that shows up in our organizations and a particular style of leadership. Maybe you can start by sharing one or two of them and then we can move forward from there. Yeah, and I think it connects to what I was just saying about manager versus leader. One of them is 
the manager often feels kind of letting go of control or controlling the outcomes, but coaching can lead you to where you and they want to go. So it's not letting go of control completely because you're still going towards a goal. You're still have that future oriented path. It's simply a different approach there in, in that way. When I've heard people managers, I'm going to say in the past before say, I'm never going to be able to change, but you can create the space for that to happen by creating the awareness and coaching them and asking questions. One of the most rewarding things in coaching is when you ask a question and the other person says, wow, that's a really great question. Or I've never thought about that right there. It's an opportunity for that person to change and look at something differently. Yes, so I think what you're reflecting is coaching creates that space for reflection or for choosing your own way. And and sometimes that leads you to better results than what you were intending towards. And I think that's the magic of coaching versus always trying to control particular outcomes is that when we are too focused on what we want in the future, sometimes that can blindside us to even better opportunities on the way. And coaching can create that space to see what could be even better in the future. <clears throat> and then to change course if we decide to do so in the interest of uh, the same commitment, but in a better form or in a better structure. And uh, I think another thing which, uh, which we have taken uh, wrongly or assumed wrongly about human beings is that we can change or motivate somebody else as leaders. And this is where a lot of the command and control and a lot of the, the old leadership styles come from. And I think coaching, what, what coaching does is only creates the space like we were talking about for somebody else to change or for change to happen on its own without you changing somebody. Because even when you change somebody, the other person has the full authority to decide what to do or not to do. And coaching honors that, first of all, that autonomy. Uh, and that allows more ownership from the coachee when the change actually happens. I see that piece as retention of the change and the desire to maintain the change. Start making a new habit, per se, because someone else tells you you need to do it, as opposed to you discovering that really is a new habit that you want to have. If someone told me I needed to get up every morning and journal, I probably would have said no. But by discovering that sitting there journaling really helps create a fresh start to the day, that change that I decided to do and discovered works for me is a be much better outcome than that kind of command and control that you were talking about. Yes, yes. And I think another way that plays out in organizations is uh, using rewards and punishment to drive performance. And what I think what we are discovering is right now with more and more creative work, that can actually backfire because fear-based management style, it can create compliance, it can create obedience, but it cannot create the kind of creativity, it cannot create the kind of innovation that we, that we require from our leaders today. And the coaching can actually make that happen naturally. So as a style, Coaching is, is not fear-based or not based on incentives, but getting somebody connect very deeply with what is it that they care about 
and then how do they want to lead how do they want to take their ideas forward yeah and we think that the reward and punishment and fear especially over the last two years those actions and emotions have become very jumbled and don't create a good space for moving forward and can sometimes almost trap individuals in um, in the inability to move ahead and stay in a bit of spiral because they don't know how to make the change to reach the reward or they continue to be punished and so therefore are stuck there. So I think that is where kind of unlocking what is getting in the way through coaching can create a much better opportunity for the person's performance as well as for their well-being. This uh, second element of well-being is very, very critical because too much of work in organizations I have seen is focused on the doing part, on the rational mind and thinking. But what that does is does not give the space for the role of emotions. And we know from research that every decision is, is made through an emotional reaction. And then we add reason, rational reason to justify the emotion. So the emotion comes first and then that decides the decision. What coaching does is basically allows or honors that there is more to being human than our brains, than our analytical mind, and creates space for all of those emotions to be expressed, to be honored, acknowledged. And that immediately shifts the well-being because then that creates a space for listening, and it creates a space for honest conversations. And then the problems basically dissolve or become more easier without even talking about the problem sometimes. Right. Yeah. You're talking about that emotional reaction. All I could think of is that initial gut reaction. That's what it's commonly referred to, at least here. You're going with your gut. Your gut has that emotions all wrapped up in it. And that's why you're going with that. And then you're logically, rationally talking yourself through what your gut wants you to say. Talked about it in that way until I had more language around what that meant. And, and this is especially very important in a very volatile and uncertain world that we live in. And that flexibility is a requirement, not just not just for a few people, but for almost everybody. To listen to what is happening with your customers, with your marketplace, and then shift your position, not after a quarter or after a year, but sometimes in days or weeks. So coaching allows teams and people to basically adapt quickly to what they are they're listening to and not always be focused on, as we talked about earlier, problem solving or moving from one thing to the another. And in the end, it increases like not just productivity, but also well-being. And, and it also goes right to recruitment and retention because you're investing in the individual directly. They see and feel that value and want to remain committed to your workplace. Where from a recruitment perspective, when they see that potential coming in, it adds a lot of value to know that they're going to have that direct investment personally to help them continue to advance, perform, or even expand into the breadth of what they can do. Yeah, and it's a very important that word investment that you used uh, because coaching is an investment in, in yourself and your growth. And uh, maybe another thing which uh, people get wrong in organizations is like a lot of organizations still see coaching as a taboo subject. But when I go to people and say that I have a coach, they sometimes tell me that what is wrong with you? 
and we still have this taboo of like only underperformers need coaching. While what I have seen and, and the kind of people I am coaching are like high level executives and leaders. What I have seen is that the most use of coaching can be taken by high performers. Like people who are already performing they, or who are already ambitious, they can take their performance and the results they produce to a totally different level, a totally unheard of level through the process of coaching. So yes, it can help improve underperformance as well, but the real leverage of coaching is in working with leaders, working with teams, and working with people who are already uh, like doing very good and tasting amazing results to have them produce even better results and even in a better way as well. And I've seen with leaders and those high performers that coaching is incredibly effective because they continually want to advance themselves. They always want to learn. They always want to do better. So they're coming into coaching with with something that they want to achieve, a goal, whether it's short-term, long-time, long-term, they are coming in with that and it really does create a broad space of possibilities to continue to move forward. And that openness to coaching is like one of the pre-requirements to, to start the process. Because unless you are open to, to new learning and uh, looking into the mirror, which might not always be comfortable, no coaching can happen basically unless you are self-aware and you are open to seeing what many times you do not want to see. And one thing which I always say is that coaching brings out in the open what is usually unspoken, which could be your emotions, your fears, your beliefs, which we find it difficult to, to talk about in the open. And sometimes that can be a confronting and provocative process. But at the same time, that is exactly what leads to growth, that leads to more self-awareness. How have you seen the coaching process uh, play out in practice in real life? Like I said, with those leaders and high performers, it, it's a true joy because they come in with their own kind of agenda and ready to go. I've also seen it with others who might be skeptical about coaching because they're like, really, why should I be doing this? What's the possibilities? And as long as they're open to being coached, which as you said, is a requirement to make it happen, an immense beauty in that first moment where they see something that they didn't see before or where they realize that their coach can help them make sure that they're prepared to have hard conversations with their team or to set the direction that they want to go in or take control of their own professional leadership journey ahead of them. A lot of times they may have been reacting or letting others steer them. So. I've seen the possibilities where those individuals realize that they can do more than they thought they could and see the light come over them of, wow, now what do I wanna do? Where do I wanna go? And that is amazing for the individual and also for the company that's supporting them in that journey. Yes, exactly. And I think coaching has a lot of these uh, aha moments where somebody suddenly sees something which they have not seen before uh, and it suddenly shifts almost everything in their life or in their work. And that's where the power of uh, coaching lies. Uh, and that's uh, where we also get present to, to how many of the things which we normally call as our strengths or we call of as a, like what we are good at stops us many times from the next level of uh, our growth.
so there is a there is a book by the title of uh, what got you here will not uh, take you there it which basically talks about the same concept that everything <clears throat> which is a strength which you which have gotten you where you are in the level of your success sometimes can stand in the way for the next level of your success right so coaching allows you to basically see that and step back from that uh, which can be a threatening uh, place to be and then to embrace the uncertainty or a new way of doing things and suddenly that can be a like a like a flashlight or a, a light bulb moment yeah those are the moments that are true treasures in the coaching process for the coachy as well as the coach in in recognizing when that yes. happens yeah so what what else apart from what we have spoken about where else do you see coaching play a role in organizations and and leadership So I think we've talked very specifically about those leaders and the high performers and we have also touched on a little bit about people who who might not be performing. I believe coaching can be for anyone that has a goal. It doesn't matter what that is, big or small. You can have shorter term focused coaching engagements or conversations or series, however you want to look at it, to to meet that next step and it can apply even in life how to create that greater awareness helps you personally just as much as it may help you professionally and so i think it's one of those that i would encourage people to just give it a try on both sides try coaching someone and try to be coached because you don't know what you don't know and sometimes you really just need to experience it and that's one of the things I do in talking to someone is giving them just a little taste of what coaching could look like by asking questions, listening, and really giving them the space to see what's on their mind. What you are also referring to is like coaching is also not some like huge scale to learn. It it's uh, something I think every manager can build in their toolkit, can build in their communication style, and that will make them better managers and leaders. and this is because most people when they are facing a problem they will go to their manager for help or for a solution and then the manager can choose to redirect them to an external coach or somebody who is dedicated coach but at the same time since they are the first point of contact for almost everything which happens in their organization coaching can be a huge leverage point especially when there are tough situations like like in in the times of covid or in the times of conflict it can be a huge leverage point for you as a manager to know how to lead in a different way which is coaching as the manager you don't always have all the answers often they think you you do because you're in charge of the department the function whatever that may be but you don't have to have all the answers and you don't have to have walked the journey before them that's where shifting into a coaching conversation really creates so many more possibilities because you don't have to have the answer in that so it really does open up a new space yes and and the new space to find out what is the answer sometimes go into that journey together in a partnership with a with the other person and that's where the magic of coaching sometimes happen and it takes a lot of weight from the shoulders of the manager or the or the leader because otherwise leadership can become a lonely place and but also look like a burden coaching can allow you to 
involve almost everybody on your team to work together with you rather than you providing them solutions or you fixing their problems. It helps create trust even more so because the individuals on your team are, are trusting in you that you're giving them that space. You're confident that they have the answers within them. It really is empowering in that way. And that engagement leads to wanting to continue to be there. So back to my retention point, it really creates a sense of loyalty based on investing in the individual for their growth and opportunities. Yeah, and this comes back to some of those claims we, which we get wrong about human beings. And coaching is basically founded on some principles which are very foundational of uh, being human that we all, we all want to be autonomous, we all want to make our choices. Nobody likes to be told what to do or nobody likes to be spoken down at. Uh, so coaching basically honors all of those fundamental principles and then engages over that as a leadership style. Uh, so coaches honors the full human being in front of you rather than just their role or their title or their strengths or their weaknesses and acknowledges them for who they are and then also acknowledges that they have what it takes to shift or they have what it takes to find the answers together in, in a partnership where you are a facilitator, you are a support for them. But it's, a, it's never about fixing things, it's never about fixing people or solving like problems even, I, I would even say that. Yep. And you know, we mentioned earlier, coaching isn't discipline or punishment or that type of thing, but it can be applied to tough situations and conversations. And I actually encourage that. I have a background in HR. So oftentimes those conversations of something happened that shouldn't have happened. But as the leader, you don't really understand why or what caused that. And instead of moving right into this has to stop, don't do this ever again, that type of telling, commanding, shifting it and asking questions to understand what led them to take this action or say what they did can create more sustainable and lasting change than saying, don't ever do that again. Like you're not allowed to say those words or you're not allowed to behave in this way. That type of tough conversation can really change in, in the conversation itself, but also create lasting change that may serve the individual and the organization better in the long term. Yes, and, and trust and then also confidentiality is, is like the foundation of coaching. Without it, uh, no coaching can work. There is no space unless you are totally confidential that uh, or confident that everything which you share with your coach will be kept confidential. So trust and confidentiality is, are like two of the pillars of coaching to even happen. And this directly ties in with the organizational culture because this immediately clears, uh, creates psychological safety. This immediately creates a place where honest conversations can happen, where real issues get surfaced. So coaching is also a very good signals for managers and leaders to understand what is not working and what to change from a larger organizational uh, point of view. And, and I think we are moving towards uh, a time where coaching will be much more normalized and uh, omnipresent than it is now. I think the shift is already happening, but I see it uh, happen more and more. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
I agree. I see it happening more. And sometimes I have to pause because I got my first coach over six years ago. And now when I'm telling individuals that I'm a coach, I still get the questions of for what or how. So they're still lacking the familiarity with what a coach does or how that can fit within their organization every day. And we've talked about that. It can be for every leader, but there's also places for external coaches too, for people to feel comfortable and ensure that confidentiality or not have a conflict of interest. So I think that's where the broadening of it and conversations like this, where we can help other people learn about coaching, not only to know what a coach is, but also the possibility of starting to have coaching conversations themselves really will help embed it in um, our lives and our work to a greater extent. This is very funny for me also because I would have never hired a coach if I would not have been pushed uh, to get a coach uh, by somebody whom I trusted very much. And this is 12 years ago. The first time I actually started working with a coach was because somebody who was very trusted in my family pushed me or rated somebody very highly. And then I went there and then I like I never went back because I could see so much transformation in my leadership. And I was able to do things or be more confident in doing things which I could not have even dreamed of. So uh, many times, uh, like you do not know what is it that you can do or what you're capable of. And coaching can be a place to explore that also. So coaching can very well be a place to say that I want to achieve this, but I have no idea how, how do I get there? But it could also be a space to explore what is it that you really care about? What could be the future opportunities that could lie in store of you? And what is missing right now really to have you play out fully and be fully alive, to be fully joyous. And even if there are struggles, you can still enjoy the journey. So coaching can also be that place where you basically figure out where is it that you want to go in the future. Uh, and I think that's where external coaches can add a lot of value because not every time your manager or the person directly responsible for you will have the time or even sometimes a skill to to coach you in that manner. Yeah, and the the possibilities and the experiences are different. Trying different coaches, everybody has a different style as well. So there's the benefit of that. You had a very enlightening experience right away with coaching. And I wouldn't have gone to a coach either unless someone had presented the opportunity to me. And then I was like, okay, yeah, that that sounds good. I have a goal in mind. I'd like to utilize a coach for that. And for me, especially as an HR professional, having that external confidential coach was critical for me. So depending on your role or CEOs, having that person externally that they can rely on is a great benefit of an external coach, as well as the different skills that are brought to the table. And each coach is different and finding the right match is really a key component of that, whether it's internal or external, each person brings uh, and a different approach, different experiences, different lenses. And that is where it is key to spend time and make sure that's a match. Yeah. And, and I think to wrap it up, if I were to sum it up using the analogy of sports, I think we hardly see any athlete or any sports team right now without a coach. In fact, the best teams and the best uh, athletes, irrespective of the sport they are, have multiple coaches. Like they have psychological coaches, they have physical coaches. 
and i think coaching also is developing into more expertise driven like uh, focusing on uh, leadership focusing on teams or focusing on some other domain and uh, i think the future which i see is that uh, every business team and every business leader will have a coach in the future because it's it's quite natural that if something that can help you move towards your future or your responsibility and you get more productive at the same time more happy more joyful why wouldn't you have that resource why wouldn't you avail of that so i think it will become as natural as it is in uh, sports today uh, so that's the future of uh, coaching in business that i see what would you like to add on that I agree with that because you talk about a team of coaches for people and it really is happening when when someone's running a business, just like they have their accountant and their lawyer and all of those other experts who in some fashion are telling them what to do, but they are relying on them for that bit of coaching and guidance. Uh So having the same for other people and positions throughout your organization and your life really will help individuals and it's care for self as well as for their profession and their future. I I love these two words which you used. One is care and one is uh, guidance. And I see coach as as more of a guide uh, than anything else. And like like a friendly guide who is always by your side uh, and sometimes is able to have you see what you cannot see on your own and then produce results which uh, you would not have been able to produce otherwise. We have answered a lot of questions which people have about coaching, and I'm sure people will find listening to this episode quite helpful. It's a pleasure to share more information about coaching and see that in the future, as you described it, that everyone has that possibility to have a coach on their team for them. Yeah. Thank you, Leslie, for engaging in this conversation with me. Uh, And maybe in in the future, we can also do some coaching demos for people to get a real taste of what coaching looks like. Yes, thank you. That would be my pleasure to do. Wonderful. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction. Not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.